<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome to the Tech Meme Ride Home for Tuesday, October 13th, 2020. I'm Brian McCullough. Today, all the details from the iPhone 12 event. PC shipments go into the category of doing well in COVID times. Disney announces a rework to emphasize its streaming strategy. And following up on that whole Foxconn factory in Wisconsin thing. Hint, it looks like vaporware. Here's what you missed today in the world of tech. Alrighty then, the iPhone 12 lineup is here. Let me give you the top line headlines and then we'll drill down. First of all, four new phones in total. From the smallest and cheapest to the biggest and most expensive, we've got the iPhone 12 mini and iPhone 12, and then the iPhone 12 Pro and iPhone 12 Pro Max. We'll find it useful to group them together in pairs like that going forward. The 12 mini starts at $699 and the 12 starts at $799. They're basically the identical phone, just two different sizes. And then the 12 Pro starts at $999 for 128 gigabytes, while the 12 Pro Max starts at $1,099. Obviously, you get more storage on each of these if you pay a bit more. All of the phones are available for pre-order on October 16th, but confusingly, when they're actually available to ship is all cattywampus. The 12 and 12 Pro ship October 23rd, but weirdly, the top and bottom ends of this lineup, the Pro Max and the 12 Mini, ship November 13th. Okay, All four phones get 5G, naturally, and Apple spent a ton of time doing the usual 5G hype, like literally the usual hype that we've heard all these years. Doctors will be able to do remote doctor stuff, gaming will be able to happen anywhere, blah, blah, blah. They weirdly gave a ton of time just to Verizon to tout their 5G network, which I think we just talked about their 5G is the least rolled out in North America thus far. Whatever. On to the design. All of the phones get flat edges full-on reminiscent of the iPhone 5. In fact, using the frame as the antenna came back as a selling point, but this time for 5G, of course. Weirdly, Apple touted how all the phones will use 5G only when necessary to save battery life. It'll switch back and forth automatically in the software, but that's, of course, again, because 5G isn't really rolled out yet. All of the phones are getting the A14 Bionic chip, Same chip as in the new iPad Air, uses the 5 nanometer process, has nearly 40% more transistors than the A13, has a 6-core CPU, 4-core GPU, the neural engine has 16 cores, double from before, can do 11 trillion operations per second, blah blah blah. Now, for the differences in the four phones. The iPhone 12 has got a 6.1-inch OLED display and 460 pixels per inch. It comes in five new colors, black, white, green, red, and blue. Apple says it's 11% thinner, 16% lighter than the iPhone 11, but it comes in essentially the same size because of smaller bezels. As for the OLED display, it has 460 ppi, twice as many pixels, 
as the iPhone 11. Peak brightness is also twice as high in HDR. 1200 nits, Dolby Vision, HLG, and HDR10 are supported. What do you actually get if you step down to the iPhone 12 mini from the iPhone 12? Basically the exact same phone, exact same colors, it's just smaller. It's got a 5.4 inch screen, and yet it's smaller in the hand than the iPhone 8, which had a 4.7-inch screen. Apple calls this the smallest and thinnest 5G smartphone in the world. Both the 12 and 12 mini have the same dual camera system on the back. The ultra-wide camera has got 120-degree field of view. The wide camera has a 1.6 aperture. There's a seven-element lens on the wide, which Apple says delivers 27% improvement in low-light conditions. The dual camera system gives you smart HDR3, and Apple said all of the iPhone 12 models will have night mode for the first time. Night mode, in fact, will now work on all the cameras, including the ultra-wide and selfie cameras, so night mode on the front camera as well. What then would make you jump up to the Pro pair? Well, there you get the three cameras on the back. On the 12 Pro, you get a 12-megapixel ultra-wide camera, a 1.6 aperture wide-angle camera, and a 52-millimeter equivalent telephoto camera supporting 4x optical zoom. Again, the 12 Pro and 12 Pro Max all have the three cameras. It's just that the Max has a 65-millimeter equivalent focal length. It can do 5x telephoto zoom. The wide camera has a 47% larger sensor. And also, it has sensor shift optical image stabilization built in, which is crazy cool to see on a phone. There's new optical image stabilization. It's used on the sensor instead of just on the lens. It's got two-second stabilized exposures, new deep image file computed at time of capture without shutter delay, Delay, sharpening, white balance, other elements can be adjusted in post, so essentially allowing you to do raw image capture, but with Apple's other bells and whistles. Also, it supports Dolby Vision HDR. Did I mention 10-bit HDR recording? The Pro phones are Pro because you're getting a pretty friggin' Pro camera system. But that's not all, because let's go back to the display and the build. The iPhone 12 Pro and Pro Max feature premium materials. The band around the edge is stainless steel. The four finishes are silver, graphite, gold, and blue. In other words, these two are a bit more shinier, is the bottom line. And as for the display, the iPhone 12 Pro is a 5.8-inch screen. The iPhone Pro Max is a 6.1-inch screen. Both are Super Retina HDR displays. So basically, the two Pro phones are pro camera systems, pro finishes and materials, the largest screens of the four, though it is worth noting that if you want the very best camera, you have to go all the way up to the Pro Max. If you want the best cameras, but you want a smaller form factor, you're out of luck. It's sort of weird that Apple has done that thing again where only the biggest phone gets the best cameras. Both pros also get a LiDAR scanner, what do it do? You'll be able to use the LiDAR for autofocus in low light scenes, six times faster focus times in low light. In fact, on both photos and video, the LiDAR also helps with depth in night mode portrait shots. And then of course, there's all the usual promises of AR, which they always hype up, but never has really delivered much as far as I can tell. So now that we've differentiated the pairs, the 12 and 12 mini and the 12 Pro and 12 Pro Max. Let's do some bits and pieces that all of the new phones get. They all get something new from Corning called Ceramic Shield. Apple claims this new glass will deliver four times better drop performance. Also, MagSafe was not orphaned when it left the Mac. 
It is now part of the iPhone 12 series. Basically, every iPhone 12 has a magnet on the back, the better to attach wallets, cases, etc. With the cases, it's not about prying your phone into some plastic anymore. You can just pop, click them right onto the back. But also, MagSafe is for charging. There are new cases that let you charge through the case. And Apple made a combo folding charge case for charging the iPhone and Apple Watch at the same time. And it is official. No more AC adapters coming in any of the iPhone 12 boxes. No headphones either. They will come with a USB-C to lightning cable, but that's it. No, we did not get USB-C charging on the phones themselves, and removing the headphones and power adapters allows the boxes to be smaller, has a big impact on environmental blah blah blah, but also, of course, reduces costs per unit shipped for Apple, of course. Those Apple tiles thingies did not come again. Not sure what's up with that. And guess what? The iPhone 11 is sticking around, so the full iPhone lineup is now thus iPhone SE from $399, iPhone XR from $499, iPhone 11 from $599, then the iPhone 12 mini at $699, the iPhone 12 at $799, and then the iPhone 12 Pro at $999, while the iPhone 12 Pro Max starts at $1,099. Those are the phones, but also spare a thought for the HomePod mini which was announced today, which is now round, looks like magic 8-ball size, but with nice fabric materials like everyone does these days, and a new price, 99 bucks. Apple clearly hopes that this will help the HomePod finally compete with the Echo and Google Home, but really, this is what Apple should have released years ago. Remember, the original HomePod was 350 bucks, and because of that, captured only 5% or so of the smart speaker market. At 99 bucks, you could make the case, finally, for throwing a HomePod mini into basically every room of your house, especially as Apple won't be spying on you like the others will. But then again... 99 bucks is still twice as expensive as the top of the line Echo Dot. Oh, and the HomePod Mini will not support Spotify, which, you know, dun dun dun. Basically, the takeaways from today are that the iPhone 12 Pros are high end cameras masquerading as smartphones. The iPhone Mini is the thinnest and lightest 5G smartphone on the market and likely the smallest iPhone form factor we're ever going to see. MagSafe for iPhone 12 looks like it'll blow up the charger and phone case ecosystem in useful ways. The HomePod Mini might finally give the HomePod a chance in the marketplace. Oh, and 5G. Did I mention 5G? Because Apple sure did about a million and a half times. We all know there are things in life that you have to compromise on, but when it comes to your health, there is no compromise. So don't go back to that one doctor who uses your appointment to catch up on the latest headlines, their family group chat, their crossword puzzles, just because they're available right now or they take your slightly sketchy insurance. Instead, check out ZocDoc, the place where you can find and book doctors who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your health. And you can search by location, availability, and insurance, so literally no compromises here, because with ZocDoc, you've got more options than you know. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Once you find the doc you want, you can book them immediately. No more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. And these docs all have verified reviews from actual real patients. We're talking about booking appointments with tens of thousands of top-rated patient-reviewed credible doctors and specialists. I have personally used ZocDoc to find a podiatrist when I needed one for the first time ever in my life. Go to ZocDoc.com slash 
slash techmeme and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash techmeme. ZocDoc dot com slash techmeme. When you go through airport security, there's one line where the TSA agent checks your ID and another line where a machine scans your bag. The same thing happens in enterprise security, but instead of passengers and luggage, it's end users and their devices. These days, most companies are pretty good at the first part of the equation where they check user identity. But user devices can roll right through authentication without getting inspected at all. In fact, 47% of companies allow unmanaged, untrusted devices to access their data. That means an employee can log in from a laptop that has its firewall turned off and hasn't been updated in six months. Or worse, that laptop might belong to a bad actor using employee credentials. Collide finally solves the device trust problem. Collide ensures that no device can log into your Octa-protected apps unless it passes your security checks. Plus, you can use Collide on devices without MDM, like your Linux fleet, contractor devices, and every BYOD phone and laptop in your company. Visit collide.com slash ride to watch a demo and see how it all works. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash ride, collide.com slash ride. In other news, further confirmation that another sector that has gotten a boost in COVID times is the good old PC industry. In Q3 of 2020, Gartner says that PC shipments in the U.S. were up 11.4% year-over-year, while IDC said PC shipments were up 14.6% year-over-year globally. People needed extra machines to work from home with, quoting ZDNet. In the U.S., according to Gartner, HP was the top vendor with nearly 30.8% market share, followed by Dell with 25% market share. The list of top vendors was rounded out by Lenovo, Apple, and Acer. Gartner's data includes desk-based PCs, notebook PCs, and ultra-mobile premiums such as Microsoft Surface, but not Chromebooks or iPads. Nonetheless, Gartner noted that Chromebook shipments grew by roughly 90% with demand driven by distance learning due to the pandemic, especially in the U.S. market. Quote, Consumer demand and institutional demand approached record levels in some cases, IDC's Jitesh Ubrani said in a statement, quote, had the market not been hampered by component shortages, notebook shipments would have soared even higher during the third quarter as market appetite was yet unsatiated, end quote. HP and Lenovo vied for the top spot among vendors in Q3. According to IDC, Lenovo carried 23.7% of the global market with more than 11% growth, while HP claimed 23% of the market to take the second place spot. Dell, Apple, and Acer rounded out the top five vendors on IDC's list, end quote. Indeed, just one small indicator of the unusual demand we're seeing right now is the surge in demand for low-cost laptops for education purposes, which has created chaos, according to the New York Times. Quote, A surge in worldwide demand by educators for low-cost laptops and Chromebooks, up to 41% higher than last year, has created months-long shipment delays and pitted desperate schools against one another. Districts with deep pockets often went out, leaving poorer ones to give out printed assignments and wait until winter for new computers to arrive. That has frustrated students around the country, especially in rural areas and communities of color, which also often lack high-speed internet access and are most likely to be on the losing end of the digital divide. In 2018, 10 million students didn't have an adequate device at home, a study by education nonprofit Common Sense Media found. 
That gap, with much of the country still learning remotely, could now be crippling. Sellers are facing stunning demand from schools in countries from Germany to El Salvador, said Michael Borum, an education technology analyst at the British company FutureSource Consulting. Japan alone is expected to order 7 million devices, end quote. This could also be thought of as a COVID times story, I suppose, although you'll hear in a second they're claiming otherwise. Disney announced a major reorganization of its entire corporate structure, saying its primary focus is now on streaming as the pandemic has dramatically impacted its theatrical and theme park businesses, quoting CNBC. On Monday, the company revealed that in order to further accelerate its direct-to-consumer strategy, it would be centralizing its media business into a single organization that will be responsible for content distribution, ad sales, and Disney+. Shares of the company jumped more than 5% during after-hours trading following the announcement. I would not characterize it as a response to COVID, CEO Bob Chapek told CNBC's Julia Borston on Closing Bell on Monday. Quote, I would say COVID accelerated the rate at which we made this transition, but this transition was going to happen anyway, end quote. JPEG said the reorganization could result in some reduction of staff, but not likely at the same scale as was seen at the company's parks division last month. Disney was forced to lay off around 28,000 workers after it became clear that its Disneyland parks in California would not be reopening soon. As part of this reorganization, Disney has promoted Kareem Daniel, the former president of Consumer Products, Games, and Publishing. He will now oversee the new media and entertainment distribution group. He'll be in charge of making sure streaming becomes profitable as the company continues to invest heavily in its various streaming products. Daniel will hold the reins to all of the company's streaming services and domestic television networks, including all content distribution, sales, and advertising. We are tilting the scale pretty dramatically towards streaming, Chapek said on Closing Bell. No that the company is looking at all investments, including dividends, as it seeks to increase its spend on new content. JPEG said the board of directors will have final say on Disney's dividend payouts. Only last week, activist investor Dan Loeb called on JPEG to end the company's annual $3 billion dividend to divert more capital to new Disney Plus content, end quote. Yeah, if a company as old as Disney is putting even the dividend on the table, then you know they're either serious about transformation or a little desperate, or maybe both. But also, RIP movie theaters? I thought this quote from Chapek was telling, quote, We're putting the consumer first, he told CNBC on air. We're trying to, as they say, skate to where the puck is going to be, end quote. How much you want to bet Far From Home was the last... MCU movie that will debut first in theaters. Black Widow coming to Disney Plus in 3, 2, 1. Lastly, a little follow-up on something, because I think it's important to follow up on this and see the story through, or not through, as the case might be here. Remember when Foxconn got a whole bunch of headlines and political kudos for saying it was investing billions of dollars in the state of Wisconsin, hiring a bunch of people, and maybe starting up a factory or two? Yeah, so Foxconn has been denied the promised Wisconsin tax subsidies after it failed to hit hiring benchmarks in 2019, quoting The Verge. Through the many twists and turns of Foxconn's troubled Wisconsin project, one thing has long been clear. The company is not building the promised 20 million square foot Gen 10.5 LCD factory specified in its contract with the state. Even before President Trump broke ground on the supposed factory in June 2018, 
Foxconn said it would instead build a far smaller factory than it had proposed. The discrepancy between what Foxconn is doing and what it said it would do in its contract has only grown since then, and it has brought Wisconsin and the company to an impasse. Documents obtained by The Verge show that attempts to renegotiate that contract have so far failed, and today the Wisconsin Economic Development Corporation, which oversees the deal, rejected Foxconn's application for tax subsidies on the grounds that Foxconn had not carried out the Gen 10.5 LCD factory project described in its original contract. WEDC also noted that even if whatever Foxconn is currently doing had been eligible under the contract, it had failed to employ the minimum number of people needed to get subsidies. Foxconn needed to employ at least 512 people at the end of 2019 to receive subsidies and claimed to have hired 550, but WEDC estimated that only 281 would qualify under the terms of the contract, end quote. Yeah, always, always, always take major factory investments or tax subsidy-seeking projects with a grain of salt. It can often just be a really, really cheap PR stunt for companies that never have to follow through and still come out way ahead. The whole Foxconn thing seems to be a real Potemkin village at this point, as at Scapoliti said on Twitter, quote, Time after time, businesses from manufacturers to sports teams violate their tax break agreements with towns and cities, raking in profits and leaving the taxpayers with the burden. Finally, someone had the guts to stand up to this corrupt practice, end quote. Foxconn and the politicians touting this deal promised 13,000 jobs. There have been, according to this report and quoting Patrick Leary on Twitter, quote, 281 jobs. Everyone who worked on or around this project lied to the people of Wisconsin deliberately, end quote. BT Dubs, Amazon Prime Day is on today and tomorrow. And while this podcast is not in the business of collecting deals, every other one of your favorite tech news sites in the whole world is doing just that, mainly so they can collect affiliate fees. So if you want and you're in the mood, check out the deals before they're gone, y'all. Talk to you tomorrow.